podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to a brand new Anfield Talk podcast. Now, if you are listening on Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts, you will not be able to see our beautiful faces as we are now on YouTube in video form. So uh, yeah, if you want, you can go over to our YouTube channel, subscribe to us. Um, we'll be releasing the podcast on there. It'll still be coming to Apple Podcasts and Spotify as normal. Nothing's changing with that. Um, but yeah, we, we're doing video form now, which I think has been a long time coming. Um, before I introduce you, we've got on today. We are now sponsored, I can say, by Sportinin. Um, you know, we're very grateful for Sportinin uh, showing us some support. Our first ever sponsor. And um, there's an app you can download with a link in the description. Everyone from TAT, all your favourite people are on there. And the billionaire, if you know who he is, shout out to the billionaire, he's in there. Um, there's a group chat where, you know, it's going a bit wild at the minute with everyone talking about the game yesterday, of course. You know, not not very good conversations in there, as you can imagine, but it's just good to interact with Liverpool fans, you know, see stats, predicted lineups, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, make sure you download Sporting In. First link in the description, join our group chat and um, get involved and uh, show Sporting in some love for um, sponsoring your favourite Liverpool fan account. But yeah, today I am here with Paddy. How are you, mate? Um, yes, I am a bit uh, madly depressed <laughs> um, over the past two weeks. But yeah, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not bad. We, we've just got to get on with life and hope Liverpool can sort themselves out um, within the next week, coming weeks. Yeah, spot on, mate. And um, I did say a joke earlier to my brother. Um, the good thing is we've got United next week, so nice easy game there. But we'll see. We'll get onto that at the end of the the end of the stream. But me and Paddy were both fortunate enough to be at the game yesterday, so we're going to give our thoughts where it went wrong. Um, you know, the goals, some of the crazy things that we saw, um, and all that kind of stuff. But. Um, We'll get straight into it, mate. So first off, how do you think? Well, first of all, we'll talk about the lineup, mate, because I was in the sand and and um, I still have notifications on for TAT, like any other follower would do. Even though I'm I'm an admin on there, I still have my notifications on. And at first, I saw the the first tweet that had Henderson in midfield and Nat Phillips, but then I was like, mm, that's a bit of a, a worry for me because I remember Zaha against Milner last season on that right-hand side. And then I, I just thought, he's going to just do that to Nat Phillips, isn't he, all game long? And then, to make it worse, that tweet was deleted. And then Milner was in midfield and not Henderson. So, when you saw that lineup, mate, what, what were your thoughts? Were you, were you worried or did you still think there's enough in there to get the win? Or, yeah, tell me. Um, I wasn't too worried, purely because of the fact I'll probably get murdered for this. I absolutely don't mind that Phillips is a centre-back. I don't think he's a Liverpool-level centre-back. Let's just get that perfectly straight and clear. But as a, as a top-flight centre-back, I don't think that Phillips is too bad. So that didn't worry me. To be honest, the whole lineup didn't really worry me at all. Uh, James Milner came on against Fulham and changed the game. I, I won't have a bad word said about James Milner. I know he's probably passed his sell-by date to be starting games for Liverpool. But, you know, when needs must, as yesterday was, he's, he's more than fine to, to be in Liverpool midfield. Granted, the question of another midfielder is then raised again. So why is James Milner, 36, 37 years of age, starting for a side who wants to go on to win the league? But 
as I say, in the context of last night, I, I wasn't too bothered. But as you say, um, the Palace goal comes from um, a bit of not inexperience from Nat Phillips because you know he's played a full season basically at centre back for Liverpool. Just a bit of rustiness, I'd say, purely yeah. because of the fact he hasn't played football really in about a year in Premier League football. Anyway, obviously he was at Bournemouth last year, but yeah, lineup as a whole, it should be Crystal Palace. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I still thought, you know, whenever I go to the games, and even if I don't, to be honest, I, I never look at a lineup and, you know, melt down like you see some people on Twitter. I never think, oh, we're going to lose. Or I always just have belief. And I did yesterday. I, I thought it's not what I would have wanted personally. But like you say, it should have it beaten Crystal Palace. And um, you make a good point there about Nat Phillips. And I said this earlier as well on, an, on another stream I did. Um, Gomez... Or so he, from what I gather, he pulled out just before the game, or something like that, or he was declared unfit to start, not you know with short notice. And Nat Phillips has probably trained all week, expecting to be on the bench. So, like you say, mate, I, I, I'm with you on Nat Phillips. Um, he's not good enough for Liverpool, of course. That's why he's the fifth choice centre back. But, um. Yeah, the goal does come from him, but I won't. I won't go in too much on him for that because. Listen, he's not blessed with pace. He's he's not blessed with the skill set that Joe Gomez or um, Canate has. So for me, he he's he's out of his depth kind of when he when he's in those games, and um, he should he should have really gone by now. But the fact that we've had to keep him kind of suggests that maybe Canate, you know, it's it's a bit worrying for me. But we'll get onto that in a in a bit. But um, yeah, no, I I agree, Milner. I don't, I don't agree with some of the stuff that goes on about him. Do I think he's the best midfielder at Liverpool, or do I do I want him to start games? No. Do I want him around the club? Yes. Does Jurgen Klopp want him around the club? Yes. So it's easy to sit there, isn't it, and say like, oh, he should be gone, whatever. But at the end of the day, if the manager's chosen to keep him around for whatever purpose, then he knows best. And you see people on Twitter saying, oh, you're saying, do I know more than Klopp? Well, he's the manager, so. You know, he can be wrong and I'm sure a lot of people will say he was wrong with his, some of the decisions he made yesterday. But that is football. That is football. And just getting into the game, mate, um, just before the goal, we'll touch on the goal properly in a moment. The first 20 minutes or so, I didn't actually think we started too badly, to be honest. There was that really good ball Trent played through to Salah. A couple of nearly moments. Um, you know, we actually started quite well. So... Yeah, well, well, talk to me, mate. What what do you think on the way Liverpool started? And I guess we kind of fell apart when a certain thing happened, but we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, you know, listen, there had to be a response from Fulham um, purely because of just how bad it was. Fulham was yeah. horrendous. The, the performance level was absolutely shocking. I, I haven't seen Liverpool play that bad in years. So there was pressure on them to start fast, and they did, to be fair. It was just unfortunate we couldn't really create a clear-cut chance of any real note before the goal. Obviously, Salah has his um, has his chance from Trent pulling it back in from the right, but and to be fair, you back Salah to score them. Um, yeah. That was our only real clear-cut chance. You know, we've had a lot of games recently. Uh, well, I say recently, back in the last season, start of this, where we dominate possession but create nothing. Um, it's only when the chips are down, when they really start turning the screw a little bit. 
which, you know, we've gone 1-0 down in the past, like, I think it's six Premier League games. Six, um, yeah, six in a row. So that, that isn't good enough um, for, for a side who, who, as I say, is is aiming high. But, you know, on a different day, we're 2-0 up within 20 minutes yesterday. We started really well. But then, worryingly enough, I think around the half-hour mark, which is just before Zaha scores, it almost started to look like as if we ran out of ideas at that yeah. early point in the game, which was, you know, it's worrying because you are waiting for the, the inevitable sucker punch. And Liverpool have been sucker punched a hell of a lot recently. And, you know, last last night was just a, another story of it, really. Yeah, no, 100%, mate. I agree with everything you just said there. And the goal comes from me. Um, I, I was confused, to be honest, because I went on Twitter on, in the car on the way home and I saw Virgil getting a lot of criticism uh, for that. And, you know, uh, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. But for me, and I think Klopp alluded to this as well in his, his post-match interview, as soon as Eze pulls away from those two in midfield, Fabinho and Trent, we're in trouble. Like, He's literally got to play one ball into Zaha, who again, like like we mentioned before, is playing on Nat Phillips' side because he's obviously sensed that he's the weak link out of the two. Um, and for me, I, I think Fabinho, uh, I feel like Trent and Fabinho made a 2v1 situation there. One of them probably should have stood off Eze. And I know it's easy for us to say, but one of them probably should have stood off him and then one of them should have tried to close him down. And it seemed like they both went for the ball and they've both missed the ball. Eze's come out with the ball, played a brilliant through ball to Zaha. And then, for me, Virgil defends like that all the time. Like, that, I don't get why people look at Virgil and think, oh, why is he standing off him? When do you ever see Virgil slide tackling or defending like Nemanja Vidic, just diving into things? You don't. You never see him on his backside. You never see him do these things. If he absolutely has to, then yeah. But, like, he created an angle where he's basically said to Zaha, to score from here, you've got to get a perfect, perfect shot because Ali's the best keeper in the world. I've made a tough angle for you. And it's just very unfortunate that Zaha produced an incredible finish. Like, for me, that finish is... I've not seen too many people talk about it, to be fair, which I'm quite surprised with because that was, a for me, from where I was sat at least, it looked like a, I've not seen much of it back, to be fair, for, you know, you can understand for not wanting to watch that back. But... um for me, it looked like it was a world-class finish, mate. Yeah, I mean, it, as you say, it goes back to Fabinho. I think he's been off the pace for a while. Uh, it looks like he needs a rest, and I really don't get, want to get drawn into investments and FSG and all that, because that is a completely different, separate issue. But at the end of the day, it comes back to the lack of investment in midfield, and not necessarily the rest of the team. And the the fact, you know, we are holding out for Bellingham. I think that is just purely the case so in my opinion you're not sacrificing a season because anything can happen in the next what, six seven months but you are risking a season based on that and that's already happening with our midfield we've got so many injuries in that position which means Fabinho can't come out of the team mm. so you're playing a fella at DM which in our team is a very very important position who looks leggy He's he's not the the type of player who snaps into people, as he has been for, for a couple of years for Liverpool, he reminds me of when he first signed. He, he looks like he's returned to that point of getting back up to the pace of the Premier League, which is 
an odd thing to say, considering I think at times he's been the best DM in the world. I don't think he is now. I think Rodri takes it by an absolute country mile on, on current form. I, as you say, the, the two-on-one situation, listen, Trent suspect. And defensive-wise, I, I, you know, you can have him all attacking all you want, but the fact that he's a right-back, he, he's got to he's got to be able to, to do that stuff as well. And every time I see him, he, he becomes a little bit less into it. Like, I'm not into England at all, but I get why he doesn't play for, for, for Southgate's uh, system. But I, I digress. Eze was unbelievable for Palace. Yeah. Last night, mm-hmm. he was unbelievable. I wanted Liverpool to sign him uh, when he was still at Redden. And I, I do feel like Liverpool missed out on, on someone who will become unbelievable. Obviously, he had really bad luck with injuries last season. And, you know, the ball he plays, it doesn't have to be perfect because just because the amount of space in behind. And obviously, that's a byproduct of the way we play, you know, the infamous, infamous high line, which hasn't been highlighted too much for me enough so far this season. I'm sure it will at some point. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, as you say, Verge probably should go over a little bit more. Um, but that says to me, just backs his goalkeeper because, uh, as you say, yeah. Ali's probably the best in the world at the minute, but the finish from Zahai, you know, it's 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 inch perfect. No goalkeeper's going to save it. it. It's it's just unfortunate, as as you said before, that he's produced when you know Palace had one or two chances in in the whole game, and mm. one was that, and the second one was Zahai in the second half, which I'm sure we'll get on to. But from then on, I think the atmosphere as a whole changed. Um, the belief got sucked out of the crowd. I think, which has yeah. been happening a lot. Uh, it happens a lot at the back end of the last season. You know, I was fortunate enough, fortunate enough to be in Paris. Uh, well, fortunate enough, unfortunate enough, depending on what way you want to put, uh, spin it. It happened the same then when Vinicius scored. It felt like everyone just got sucked out of the crowd. Everyone was like, oh, well, not that's it, but it, it, it was like, it's going to take something for Liverpool to get back into it, which is such a far cry from the year we won the league. Whenever we go 1-0 down, it was sort of like like poking the bear in, in, in a way. It's like, you know what, we'll win it anyway. So who's really bothered? That's yeah. gone. And I don't know why that is. And it needs to come back pretty sharpish, considering how many times we are going behind in games at the minute. No, 100%. I felt that as well from where I was sat. Um, yeah, it just goes flat. And obviously the play the players definitely feed from that, mate. And... There was one moment when Fabio Carvalho came on, he tried to get the crowd going and there wasn't much of a response, to be honest. And it's quite disappointing because I said to you just before we started, when um, Diaz scored, the place erupted and that's that's probably the loudest I've I've heard Anfield in a very, very long time because we were down to 10 and, you know, we we knew how much we needed a goal. And as I said to my brother, if only we did get that winning goal, that probably would have been one of my favourite ever games to have gone to, to be honest. Winning that with 10 men, I think the place would have gone bedlam. Um, obviously, didn't come and we'll get onto that. But yeah, um, I definitely feel like the fans need to do more, um, especially in the main stand. I don't think I ever hear a song being sang there. No, so. there's, no, there's no point in sitting in the main stand. If if you want to go to Anfield and, and sing and support the team, do not sit on that main stand. There's, there's, there's no point. And the, mm. the, the bad thing for me is, Obviously, there is the tweet going around with the with the fellow with the United slip. slip yeah, it, it, goes, well, yeah. <laughs> it goes back to the club and the touting and all that again. Totally different issue. But my my problem was, I was front row of the Annie Rose upper. 
there was a family next to me, you know, come to Anfield, I don't care. But what I do care about is caring about the team. They didn't engage with the game, is my problem. You've got too many people inside Anfield nowadays who don't engage with the atmosphere, the team, and what needs to be done. So you've got me who, you know, I've been lucky enough to be going for 15, 16 years at this point. Like, I, I know the score. I want to yeah. go and support my team. And I care. Like, Liverpool, it rules. They rule my life. My mood is horrendous at the minute because just the, the context of the Premier League and the last two results. So you've got me and a few other lads to me left, like, you know, punching the top of the, the, top of the main stand, you know, frustration. You, you just want it so badly. And you've got these people who were sitting and laughing and all that stuff. I was like, it's not the time or place. If we're yeah. 1-0 down with 10, with 10 men, you've got to get the ground going. The whole ground has to be behind it. That will never, ever happen. Just purely because of the way the club has gone. It, it, it's a I'm feeling, you know, it's a tourist attraction nowadays, but it really hurt me last night because it felt like a big game already. Mm, and for huge. a big game, you want the atmosphere. And yeah, Diaz scores, and for 15, 20 minutes after it was it was boss. Like from the I could hear from the cop, it was absolutely amazing. It's just things like that which which kill it. And I get why people have stopped going. I do understand it. It's just my my love and addiction, if you like, for for the club that keeps me coming back and want yeah, to yeah. be there, especially for nights like that. Where as you say, if it had been a late winner, it would it would have absolutely went off. But something has to be done about the atmosphere. I don't know what that is, to be honest. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you do. But if you come to Anfield and you learn the songs, you learn the songs Sing, and you yeah. get behind the team, it's not difficult. You don't come for the day out. It's not a day out. This is people's, people like me, people like you. This is our like life. We live and breathe this club and we care about what happens. So don't come if you're not going to get involved because the crowd matters. Sorry, yeah, I'm just going on a tangent, but it's just been bothered. No, I'm, mate, you, you need this convos. Like, people don't like the conversation where, like, you know, rival fans will, will say about the, the famous atmosphere, but it, but it is true. But listen, we'll, no, it's absolutely we'll talk true. about yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that on the another day. But, um, yeah, let's get on to the, the sending off then, mate, because obviously this changed. The entire game for me, I feel like we would have found a way to, to beat them with 11. I'm, I'm sure of it. Um, but for me, I didn't see it at the time. I was literally looking away that side towards where you were sat. And then I look over, Anderson's on the floor and uh, the referees got out his red card. So to the fellow next to me, what's he doing? He's like, he's just headbutted him. And I was like, oh, great. They're not really going to check that. Um, and for me, I had pretty strong words to say about Nunes to be honest mate and I love the guy you know ever since we signed him you see all these Muppets calling Amanda Carroll saying oh we should have gotten Kunku or we should have got this player that that player I was like you know what I like the signing I like Nunes ever since he played against us I put in a couple of WhatsApp groups oh this this Nunes guy looks a player like a serious player and we weren't even linked with him at that time um so I've really liked him ever since then I've been a big fan stood by him but yesterday he let me down, mate. He, he did. He let me down. I feel like he let everyone in that stadium down, the manager, his teammates. And I get it. In the heat of the moment, these, you know, these like Uruguay and South American players, they, they've they got that bit of like fight in them, haven't they? That, 
that bit of um, of a temper, and we've seen it before with Suarez and other players. But for me, for your first game, your home debut, where we we literally have to get the three points because, like you say, the Fulham game, we needed a response for him to do that. And this wasn't just the heat of the moment thing either. To be honest, like they were going at it all game, Anderson and Nunes. I've seen the compilation this morning on Twitter. Literally, both of them at each other's throat. And my worry now is after that, what's going to happen when we play Chelsea and he's got Thiago Silva doing the same thing? Or when we play Man City and he's got Ruben Diaz doing the same thing? Everyone's going to see this as a weakness and think if we can rattle Darwin Nunes, then who knows what's going to happen? So I was very disappointed. I was very um, let down by him. Um, he has apologised. He, he took to Twitter earlier to, to say an apology, and I respect that. It takes it takes a man to do that, and I'm sure he will be back, and he, he'll he'll be back with a bang. But unfortunately for us now, that's three games, mate, and we've got Man United in that time. So, what were your thoughts on it, mate? And um, what do you think we do now without him? You know what? The worst thing for me is. It's not necessarily the red card. It's the fact he missed a few chances as well, which doesn't help his case at all. You know, the, the one the back in the back end of the first half, he scuffs. That should be that should be a goal. You you, you pay the money for the striker who scores goals like that. Obviously, he's he's a young lad, and he will get better, and his temper will hopefully get better as well. But one thing I will say is I really like it from Anderson from a, just a footballing perspective just because I'd want my centre-backs to do that I'd want Verge and I'd want whoever's next to him say for example Mitrovic just just purely for example if you know he's got a fuse you play on it you do it yeah every single time you're close to him just give him a nudge and it will work in the end as proven last night I've seen him I've, I've seen a few mad takes on Twitter about it like he didn't mean to headbutt him and all that it's like that's just complete just nonsense it's he's retaliated yeah no exactly like you know he's gone down soft obviously but again i'd expect a, a Liverpool player to yeah. do the same it, it's not like he's a dandem is it like he's he's moved his head towards him and you cannot do that there is no getting around getting around it in any way shape or form it's a red card it there's just no doubt about it but the, the the thing for me is his reaction after the red card, I, I think, didn't help him either. Like Liverpool were really chasing it at that point. And he, he's still remonstrating the referee. And you've seen James Miller literally push him off the field Daniel. in the end. <laughs> it, it was like, like you know what, you've been sent to just get off the pitch. So I'm sure I'd love to be on the fly the fly on the wall if uh, well in, in the room where Klopp talks to him, because I'm sure there'll be stern words to say the least. But the thing for me is his first game back is going to be the derby. So he has the chance immediately after he's back to to make up, if if, if you like, for, for that. Because if he's on the pitch yesterday, as he said before, I, I do think we'd probably end up winning it. But just another thing i like to say about it, if you're sending death threats, right, to Joachim Anderson and his family, you, you're just a wrong one. You, you are mm -hmm. the, the least of the human species if you're doing that over football. Yeah, footy's boss, we all love it, but it's really not that deep. Like, it was the same with Carrius. It was the same with, you know, there's countless other examples. If you're doing that, 
Liverpool fans don't want anything to do with you. I don't care where you're from, Liverpool, anywhere. If you're doing that, I, I just hope you're never inside Anfield because that's just not what proper Liverpool fans do. Yeah, of course, mate. I echo that. I was disgusted when I saw that as well, to be fair. Um, listen, it's football. Anderson's done nothing wrong. Like you say, mate, you want your players to do that. Why wouldn't you? Crystal Palace, obviously the underdog in this game. They need every bit of you know, help they can get. If a, a player's coming with his head, you're going to go down and get him sent off. So he's not done anything wrong and now he's getting death threats. Like, it's, it's insane. But I don't think those guys doing that are proper... Liverpool fans, they're probably just trolls on a screen, but the point stands, mate. I agree. If you are doing that, if that is how you act, you don't belong at this club, and that's the bottom line. So, yeah, I think that's a good point, mate, to bring that up, to be fair. But the reaction was all right. For me, we played better with 10. I, I don't know why. I don't know. Well, I do know why. I think there was just more urgency, and they just wanted it more. And like we said, the fans were, were lifted, and... Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, do, we'll get on to the Diaz goal, mate, because that was one of the positives. And there's a couple more positives that I think we'll, we'll close on as well. Um, but for me, mate, I, last season, I, I was fortunate enough to have gone to quite a few as well. And um, I don't think anything was ever going to top Salah against City. I was I, I was in the cop for that one. Um, I saw Naby's goal against Palace. Again, what a, what a strike. And I'm not saying... This is better than any of those because I, I don't know how to judge those goals, but this is definitely up there in terms of recent times. Though that he picked up the ball right in front of me, literally, I'm sat two rows up in the in the Kenny, and he's like danced around four defenders, um, and then obviously he's he's seen seen the opportunity to shoot, and he has. And the funny thing is, mate, is at half time, I'm guilty of this as well, and I saw loads of people saying it. That with Diaz, we need to see we need to see the end product. Like he's doing stepovers, he looks great on the eye, which is amazing. I'm all for that kind of stuff. Um, he's aesthetically one of the best players to watch in the league. Like he's just vibes. But that end product is something that has been concerning fans. Like with Mane leaving, Jota being unavailable, two of our best goal scorers in the last few years. Um, there was a bit of a question mark there. So I'm so relieved now that Diaz has done that because now he's shown that he can do it from those tight angles where he's just bent it into the far post. And it's just unfortunate that we seem to score the best goals when we draw games because, again, it, it doesn't really mean too much and Diaz couldn't celebrate probably the way he wanted to. I mean, he would have probably run up to where I was sat if he scored, which would have been, if we won, sorry, which would have been something special. But... Yeah, um, I guess that was one of the only positives, mate. So, how did you enjoy that one, mate? I mean, you must have got a great view of the ball going in from where you was. Yeah, you know what? Like, it was the same with this goal against Spurs in the way I reacted at the back end of last season. Because of who we're up against, my initial reaction is, right, just go and get the ball. Like, I go, I cheer mm -hmm. and just go, go, and, just go and get the ball. It means nothing yet. Just go, just go and get it. And as, as you say, unfortunately... We couldn't press on and win the game. But talking about just the goal itself, the thing about Diaz is he's, he's got the Salah thing from when Mo first joined. Is when he picks it up, you automatically just lean forward a little bit. Like you, you're on the edge of your seat, you think something's going to happen. And yeah, the end product thing, listen, he's only been at Liverpool for six months and I know we don't really have time for, for people embedding. 
But as far as he's concerned, I think he's embedded him quite well. It's just the end of it, as I say, the end product perhaps eludes him at times. But Jesus, the, the goal last night was unbelievable. I, to be honest, I haven't watched it back. I haven't watched the game back just purely because I couldn't be bothered. Yeah, why would um, you? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he beats four men and wraps one in, in the right hand side of the goal. You know, you're not. And the best thing is, the keeper's full stretch. He's absolutely nowhere near it. So mm-hmm. the finish itself is, is un- unbelievable. Hopefully, now that's the, the start of him kicking on. Granted, his partnership with Robbo isn't really clicking at the minute, but I think that's a byproduct of Robbo's performances because I think they're well below par. Um, he, as I say, he's just got that unpredictability, but unpredictability about him. He can go either way, left, right, any anywhere. So hopefully, that, as I say, that's the start of him truly delivering for Liverpool because he needs to. Yeah, he's got big, big boots to fill on, on the left hand side, and you know, goals like that will go a long way into doing it. Hundred percent. You know, since he's come in and he settled in so quickly, and it was kind of a blessing that we got him last season because he's had six or seven months now in a new country, a new environment, a new language, a much better and tougher league than anything he's been in before. Um, he's he's had a, a bit of a settling in period now, um, and this is it. Like like you say, mate, it's time to deliver, and it's not a bad way to start, is it? With that goal, so. The sky's the limit, I think, for Luis Diaz. I think he can go on to be something special for us. I said it when we signed him. I was so excited about that signing. Um, everything I'd seen from him at Porto and in the Champions League, just the, the passion he has. And I know a lot of people laugh at that for some reason these days, all the passion merchants. Well, that's kind of what being at Liverpool is all about. You know, you've got to have that passion and hunger. And that's why we sign players like Luis Diaz that, you know, didn't have it on a golden spoon for them. You know what I mean? Like this guy, I don't know if you've read his backstory. It's incredible how he's even a professional football player, let alone playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world. So I love it. I love his story. I love him. And yeah, like you say, let's, let's hope that we see more of that for the rest of the season. But um, yeah, after that, you know, as you can imagine, the atmosphere just went up another level to anything. It had been all game and, it just wasn't to be and obviously we brought Fabio Carvalho on and I thought he nicked a winner at the end mate I don't know how close it was but from where I was sat it looked like it was bending in um, but yeah what do, what do you think of Fabio Carvalho do you think he's going to be an option going forward now we've not got Nunes or no, absolutely like, you, you know what he, he could start at Old Trafford um, purely because of the fact we've got no you know Bobby was Bobby's sound I love him but if he plays anything like he did against Fulham, I will be starting him uh, just because he's just so ineffective. But yeah, Fabio mm. and, and Harvey Elliott as well. I think it was Harvey Elliott's best game in Liverpool shirt. Um, them two, you can see they've played with each other before, which which is nice to have have that type of little connection already, if you like. So I'd like to see more of Carvalho, um, just purely because of you know, the circumstances of which he arrived, you know, the thing in January. So we could, we've clearly wanted him for some time. And Liverpool yeah. don't really miss with transfers in the, in the modern era. There's there's a couple, but, you know, grand scheme of things, they're usually spot on. So hopefully, I, this is the thing, he's not a central midfielder. He's not an eight. I don't think he's a 10, which is the byproduct of our system and how rigid we are to it. So, Maybe there'll be a few times throughout the season where we go 4-2-3-1, you see him as a 10, you see him how really good he is. Um, but as I say, Carvalho sounds 
that volley is not far away. Um, <laughs> to be fair, neither is Mose uh, from a couple of yeah, minutes. Yeah, Mose before. was good as well, yeah. Flashes out, uh, just outside the post. But the thing I loved about um, Harvey Elliott is, is just, as I say, passion. He loses the ball a lot, but he wins it back. He goes and chases, he goes and does it. And especially playing on that right-hand side with Trent doing what he does, uh, which at the minute is not too much. Um, that's an important role in, in this Liverpool side and he did it really, really well last night. I think next week at Old Trafford, I wouldn't go first name on the team seat, but I'd definitely say he starts. I agree, mate. And I'm glad you brought up Harvey because I agree, mate. I, I think it was definitely up there and what I was impressed with most, like I know how good he's on the ball, I know how technical he is ever since he came through as a 16-year-old when we signed him, played in some of those cup games and I saw it straight away, like this guy's got it, like the ability, the natural ability that, you know, you can't learn, um, that you're born with. He He's just got that and yesterday I saw the, the side of him, like you say, off the ball, which was most impressive to me, like the amount of times he won the ball back, the amount of interceptions he was making. It was just the complete performance from him yesterday. And yeah, the, again, I said it about Luis Diaz, but like the sky's the limit for this kid. Like, you know, we've been, well, I don't know if you have, but I've seen a lot, like the vast majority of, of fans on Twitter crying out for a centre mid. And I get it. I agree. We probably do need one. But let's not forget that we have, we do have, a star boy. I, I think he is that. I, I think he can go on to be world-class. And um, we didn't have him for six months last season. And people don't like this cliche, but he was like a new signing in, in oh, essence, because oh, we yeah. had him, we had, <laughs> listen, it, people hate that, but we had him for what? Four games before he got injured. And then a couple games that I know he played against Cardiff in the cup, but we didn't have him. That is my point for for the majority of last season. So now we do have him, and he is playing. And I, like you say, I think he will play at Old Trafford. I hope he does. It's it's just another option we didn't have last season. And again, I I must emphasize, I do. I would still like Liverpool to go out and buy centre mid, but I'm not gonna throw the towel in if they don't like some people have. So that's just that's just how I see no, it. There's no point, is there? You know, it is what it is. You know, Liverpool are probably not going to sign another midfielder. That doesn't mean the season is done. A lot can happen in the next in the yeah. seven seven months that follows. People forget how early it was keeping John Henderson off the team uh, the start of last season. He started at home to Chelsea in, over Hendo. So if he can do a job as it was signed by me, because he was absolutely fine last night. Facts, mate. Um, I think we've we've pretty much summed up the game. It, I don't know if there's anything you'd well. like to add. Joe Gomez, 100%. Gutted he couldn't start, to be honest, because I, I think he probably keeps up with Zaha for the goal as well. Um, but I guess hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, just hoping that he's fit enough to start for for Monday because I don't know why Like some some people out there don't rate this guy. For me, he's, like, it's not even for me. Statistically, I, think, I don't think it's changed from the last time I checked, but him and Virgil van Dijk, in terms of defensive records, statistically is the best partnership under Klopp. That run in 18-19 that they had where we just, we didn't concede, like we seemed invincible. So I know Gomez has had a couple of big injuries since then and okay, he might have 
you know, lost a little bit. But, mate, listen, if he's our third or whatever choice centre-back, I get it. Canate is injured at the minute, but I'm, I'm glad that he's he's here. And, you know, there was there was talk about him going Villa or something in the summer, but he signed a new deal. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go, mate, because you, you want to bring it up. Yeah, I, I love Joe Gomez. I, I feel so f- sorry for him in terms of his injuries and on and all stuff. He's been so in the pool for what, seven years. Seven years now, came in under Rodgers. Mm. You know, started as a left-back for Liverpool. And you no, know, people get how good he is. The year we won the league up, up until the pandemic, he was, he was on par with Van Dijk. And I think that season is prime Van Dijk. I think he was... He was by far and away the best centre back in the world. I still do think he is, but I think that season mm. he was just levels above. Gomez was not far off that level. It, it was just so unfortunate last season. Uh, sorry, no, the season before, obviously with all the injuries and whatever, he couldn't really press on. But now he's got a chance to to do so. And I think about yesterday as well. Obviously, playing with ten and playing with Trent and Robbo basically as left left and right midfielders in the last ten minutes. He covered that hand that right hand side of the pitch unbelievably well he came back like he'd never been away it was the it was the 1920 Joe Gomez we saw yesterday sometimes it can take him a little bit of time to to come back after an injury I remember the um the Arsenal 5-5 in the league cup and he played <laughs> and he was absolutely awful I remember saying in the main stand I was like what what has happened to him but from then on he was unbelievable got back to his level so hopefully Old Trafford he starts and hopefully this is the start of the run for him because if, if him and Van Dijk can, as you say, reproduce that partnership we had, we won't go far off in terms of the actual league. Just one more thing before the United thing. Trent Alexander-Arnold yesterday, I, I don't know what you think. I think you can look at the stats and the stats are glowing. The stats, of course, will show Trent was good. But I think his overall game was absolutely dreadful. <laughs> I don't know mm. whether that's because he was playing down my side in the second half and you're watching him more, but it just seemed his passing was a little bit off. Every every ball's about two yards behind the fella, so the momentum gets sucked out. And it, I, I, our downhill, Joachim Anderson will not have an easier game than he had last night because every <laughs> single one of Trent's crosses landed on his head and he weren't even crosses that he had to jump for. It's almost as if Listen, Trent's unbelievable and I love him and I don't want to like nail into him just because of one game in August. But it felt as though he weren't taking care with his crosses, which is unusual to say. It just felt as though it was the story of I'll, I'll swing me rad, magic right boot at it and it'll land on Nunez's head and it'll go in. I, I was seething in the second half because every single ball was headed away, headed away. The one he did think about was the Salah chance in the first half and we almost scored from it. So it's just things like that which irritate the no, life. No, no, you're right. Yeah, no, I thought it was a very poor performance from Trent, and um, we know how good he can be. I think that's the problem. Like you know, we've seen it since he's come through. He's been unbelievable, and he's gone on to be comfortably the best right back in the world. I don't think anybody can dispute that. Um, and you're right. Yesterday, for whatever reason, it just seemed a bit off, and. I think, to be honest, the only players that I can say played well was Diaz, Elliot, um, I think Salah had an all right game. 
Hendo was all right when he came on. Hendo was good when he came on, yeah, but of course you won't see any anyone say that on Twitter. Um, and then Allison, obviously, for that one v one save you alluded to earlier, I think that was you know incredible. Um, so yeah, like you say, I, I don't think we can read too much into it because of one game in August. But let's just hope that he, he's he's back to his best on on Monday night, which we'll, we'll get to in just a moment. And my my frustration was when Nunes was off, we we still were putting the we were still just aimlessly putting it into the box, and there's no one there. The ads I thought played well when he went up from, but. I think we needed to just adapt the way we played a little bit or I don't know what else we could have done. There's nobody else in there that could have been that aerial threat in the box. Um, but yeah, we we just kept putting those, those balls and when it was clear that they weren't going to work. So it was frustrating. Um, but yeah, moving on to Monday, mate. How how do how do we sort this out? Because we, we can't have them doing this, can we? Yeah, the state they're in, we can't. Like... I, I don't do? know. I, I'm. I wouldn't say I'm worried, uh, just because I know everyone knows how bad Man United are nowadays. But I am cautiously optimistic that Liverpool will just go in and blitz them, like, like you know, last season esque. There, there's a chance. Listen, United won't keep on losing. They won't. It, it's impossible. So. There is a big chance. Obviously, you've got all the stuff about let's empty Old Trafford and all that stuff, all that stuff, <laughs> which you know we've already done. Um, so we don't know what context the game's going to be played in, and all that stuff. So I, I don't know how it's going to go. I'm not going to lie to you, just purely because of how we've been as well. Like people are laughing at Man United, and rightfully so, but we haven't been great either. It's just through, just through a bit of luck at Fulham and, you know, a bit of fight yesterday that we haven't lost two games either. It could have easily gone that way. It's mm-hmm. just the fact that United have lost these two games in the manner that they have, especially Brentford, that people are, are taking the mick out of them. And, yeah, as I say, rightfully so. The injuries and suspensions are, are an issue. I would have loved to have seen Nunes against Martinez. That would have been comedy. Um, mm. But now we're faced with having to start Firmino, who was awful against Fulham or you know shifting around the front three which we don't really have scope to do at the minute in time which is why I mentioned Carvalho in in the false nine before yeah you're right mate I just can't bear losing to them or even drawing to them to be honest because like you said they are the laughing stock at the minute of the Premier League and it's just the, the, the thought of us going there and not doing the job, putting us even further back than what we need to be. Um, I think we'll do it, to be honest. I, I think that there has to be a time and a place where this team just thinks like, let's get it together now. And it should have happened yesterday, you know. <sighs> but I, I don't think it can get worse than those two games, to be honest. And that's mad because we drew the games. It's not like we lost. So... I, I don't necessarily think it can get worse I, in terms of the, the performance. I know Klopp alluded to the attitude from the Fulham game. I think the attitude was far better yesterday, especially when we needed the goal. But um, yeah, I just hope that we have enough because like you say, the injuries, the suspension, I don't know what the lineup's going to be. I don't think anybody can really call it. Maybe he's going to do something mad and like you say, go 4-2-3-1 or... 
Carvalho as the false nine or Diaz as the striker again. We don't know, but we need to see a response and it has to come in this game. And if it does come in this game, then I think it will bring back, you know, that that optimism for the, the fans again. You know, it's only three games in if we win there and City of Newcastle away, I'd, I'd expect them well, to beat them, but it's not, it's not an easy place. Yeah, we found that out last year when Naby scored um, that goal. We only won 1-0. So, listen, we, ha- we have to win a game and it has to be Man United. Um that's just that's just hope. But just just out of curiosity, mate, if you if you could predict a lineup now, I know it's tough because we don't know who's going to be available. But I guess we'll finish on that, mate. What 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 do you suspect the lineup to be, and do you have a score prediction for the TAT pod? Um, so I'd be tempted to put Hendo in the six, um, give Fabinho a bit of a break. I'd just let Harvey Elliott and Naby Keita run it. Because uh, Man United, Man United, Man United midfield is just beyond dreadful. McTominay first time as well. Exactly, exactly. Whoever plays in them, Elliot and Cater, the good presses, the good presses of the ball, and Hendo in the six is a little as much as you know people can argue. And on the grand scheme of things, I'd probably agree with them that Hendo hasn't been you know, the levels that it used to be. Having him in the six is a bit more. Of an energetic thing than Fabinho, who, as I said before, looks leggy. I'd then, you know, I'd go Firmino just, just because, like, there's no reason behind Firmino starting. Probably only the fact he's the senior striker, if you like, um, and obviously Salah and Diaz, and I think Gomez will be fit enough by then. It's, it's as I say, it's just a worry that United big game. If there's an opportunity to kickstart their season, it'll be Monday. And I, and I just really yeah. hope it's not that, purely because Twitter will turn into an absolute just apocalyptic wasteland if Liverpool don't go in and win, let alone draw. So mm. before last night, I was I was thinking we can go there and it could be better than last season. It was a real, and it still could be. It's a realistic thing that Liverpool can hit, hit four or five again. Just purely because of how, how, how bad United are at the minute, but I will take a one 0 I do not care. Just get a win on the board and just go from there. Because as I say, we've got to start winning games. I'm not having this. Oh, it's only two games in, one game in. We've dropped four points on City already, who are probably going to keep winning. As you said, you would probably expect them to go and beat Newcastle. So we've got to start winning games, otherwise we will find ourselves well out of it I know we came back from 14 points last season but we are just make, we're making the room for error just marginally slim by dropping points now than mm-hmm. doing it in January February wherever time we're already playing catch up which is a terrible thing to do against the City team because we've done it twice and failed twice so hopefully they will get off the mark but I say off the mark get a win on the board on Monday I'm going to go with I'll go with 2-0 Scores? Score is Mo, two. Mo, two, nice. Um, yeah, I I agree, mate. Um, I think it will be Ali, obviously, Robbo. Yeah. I'll probably say Robbo. should should be getting in around this team now because Robbo's been terrible for months, but that will not mm. happen. 
Yeah, no, especially Old Trafford. I can see him just going with with Robbo, uh, Verge, Gomez, Trent, and then I, I'm inclined to agree with the Hendo thing. I think his best performances last season came from there in the six, and Fabinho has just fallen off a cliff. And you know, I, I say this all the time. You don't see many people talk about it. You just see people talk about the captain and how he's this and he's that. But other players, they don't get the same treatment. So. I would, I would, I would be for that. Hendo in the six. Um, same two as you. I want Naby to play us today. The only reason I think he didn't is maybe he didn't train enough because he was ill. I know Klopp said he was back, but he didn't say he was going to start. He just said he's back. So, um, yeah, that's the only reason because he didn't kick a ball yesterday. For me, that's very strange. But that's a different conversation. Um, Elliot keeps his place for me. And then the front three is probably where I think it's going to be very difficult to call. I did like what I saw yesterday from that very little cameo from, from Carvalho. Um, so is he ready to start a game with this magnitude so early on? Maybe not. So on that basis, I would probably go Diaz, Bobby Salah as well. But listen, like I said earlier, Klopp's the, the, the one that makes the decisions. If Klopp thinks Fabio is ready for this game, I'll back it, and uh, you know I, I rate Carvalho very highly. You know, he's he's done a lot in his career already. I mean, being a big part to getting a team promoted from the Championship at 18, 19 years of age, I think is such a big achievement. So, um, yeah, I'm easy with that. Like you said, I don't think there's too much you can do. Um, I just really I can't wait until Dio goes back. To be honest, um, I think he's going to give us so many more options. So. Um, yeah, and my score prediction is going to be... Um, got to be careful here. 3-1, maybe? Yeah, I'll go 3-1. Salah with 1. Diaz with 1. And I'm going to say Naby. He's going to do it again. An Old Trafford masterclass. Salah, Listen. Nabi is one of my. I get told off to by people for liking this guy too much. There's just something about Nabi Kaya which I, I love, and I know he's not available all the time, and that is an issue. But when he plays, I think I think he's class. And like I said, I, if he starts at Old Trafford again, I think he he will deliver. So yeah, we'll leave it. We'll leave it there for this pod, guys. Um, listen, thank you, Paddy, for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Um, and we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely get you back on again, mate. It's been a really good conversation and it's good to have these conversations with level-headed fans after a bit of disappointment rather than yeah, people just I, I feel lighter shouting. in myself. I feel lighter yeah. yesterday. Yeah, nice. No, it's, it's good. Um, also, like I mentioned at the start, do not forget to check out Sport and Join the TAT group chat. Um, you can also have your say in the predicted lineup, whatever you think, you or not even what you think, what you want to see. You know, you can do it and send it in a group chat and then everyone like reacts to it and says, oh, I don't know about that. Or, yeah, you've got that right or whatever. So it's just a great conversation over there. It's bringing the, the TAT community to life, really, in a group chat. So make sure you get involved, download it and um, join the group chat. Once again, thank you for supporting in, for supporting the podcast. And we will see you guys, hopefully, after we've demolished Man United once again for like the fourth time running or third i don't know it's it's too many but yeah third thank you for watching guys and we will see you next time sports social podcast network